Dan Bongino. Aiming to stop free speech so the speaker can no longer speak is exclusively a far-left phenomenon. The Dan Bongino Show. I'm talking to moderates in the Democratic Party who are actually interested in what's going on, not blind lemmings walking off a cliff into an abyss of stupidity. Get ready to hear the truth about America. The rich did it. Yeah, the rich did it. They lent money to people who bought homes, and the people never paid the money back. Oh, wow, that sounds like a great business plan. On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? Doing well, Dan, doing well, thanks. Man, some, these, are those, these are those Mondays where you're like, gosh, we need a weekend show here. You yeah. know, <laughs> I mean, it, the, the water... The dam on the uh, on, on, on the cascade of water broke this weekend, yeah. and folks, a red line's been crossed. You know, a lot of times I title the shows a little cryptically to kind of like tease where we're going to go with the show. A red line has been crossed this weekend. You don't go overseas as a highly paid, multi-million dollar professional athlete. You don't go overseas to London like these NFL guys for the Ravens did. And Joe works at WCBM in that Baltimore market and can yep. attest that this did not go over well. I'm not crazy, right, Joe? You ain't crazy, and I'm I'm pissed off as we speak. I I know because you we were talking about this before the show. You don't go overseas as a ten million dollar professional athlete on a basically a paid tra- to go play a game. By the yeah. way, which people pay to play. I know people who pay to play. You know, uh, touch tackle football. They pay money. They're paying you tens of millions of dollars. You go overseas and you kneel. For our national anthem overseas, humiliating us on the international stage while simultaneously standing for God Save the Queen. The anthem of the United Kingdom. I mean, this is like, folks, the, the Rubicon's been crossed here. This is a red line. And, and I'm, I'm, I want to talk about There's a lot of things I want to get to today. But I want to get to the why, why this is happening. Mm-hmm. And the catastrophic strategic miscalculation by the NFL on this one. Folks, the sickness is spreading on this. The liberal disease that has become a disease of victimology, of grievance uh, seeking, is spreading throughout now the sports world as well. Now we saw an athlete over the weekend for the Oakland A's, some knucklehead named Bruce Maxwell, who decided he was going to take a knee for the national anthem as well. Folks, they are in with the wrong crowd. The NFL has made an enormous strategic miscalculation on this, and they made the same miscalculation that Hillary Clinton did in her election. From a piece this morning on Drudge, which is uh, was written by was it Stanley Greenfield and it's uh, it covers uh, it's on Drudge this morning you can read it. I'm not going to put it in the show notes because I don't want to cover it too much today but there's this is a quote from the piece about the Clinton loss Stanley Greenberg I think it was it says uh, Robbie Mook the campaign manager Mook believed that identity politics demographic trends and Trump's temperament would be enough to win so that they could avoid confronting the trust problem <laughs> let me just replace some of that. This quote, I'll replace it and I'm going to morph it a little bit into why this relates to the NFL. The NFL believed that identity politics, demographic trends, and Trump's temperament would be enough to win over the fans so they could avoid confronting their problem. Folks, you got a problem right now. You have middle-class Americans looking to watch football for an escape from the, from the trials and tribulations, the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys of everyday life, who are now tuning into football on Sunday to see what? A bunch of overpaid athletes crapping on our flag and our national anthem under the disguise of fighting what? Fighting what? 
What, right. what are you fu- and, and Joe, I mean this. What the hell are you fighting? Every right. player you ask, every player you ask has a different story. Right. And when you have a, think about this. This was sent to me in an email this morning from a very astute listener. So f- footnote to them, hat tip. Right. When you have a protest that supersedes the message, there's no possibility of victory. And he gave a great example. He said, think about Occupy Wall Street. What was that about? Uh, taxes. No, it's Obamacare. No, it's the rich. No, it's Wall Street. All of a sudden, nobody knows what they're fighting for. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, this is where I'm going to add on to this guy's uh, email, which was great, by the way. His point was, to be clear, when the protest supersedes the cause, there is no chance of victory. I will add on to that. They can't find a cause because their cause is grievance politics, Joe. And the very essence of victimology and grievance politics is finding a new daily reason to be a victim. So yesterday it was right there. She blows yesterday. It was uh, it was police brutality. Today it's systematic oppression, systematic oppression, multi-million dollar paid athletes on a junket over to London to play football. That really sounds that screams systematic oppression to me. Tomorrow, it's racial injustice. The next day, it's capitalism. You have a protest kneeling that has superseded the cause because nobody knows what the cause is. And the log- and not knowing what the cause is is a logical result of liberal grievance politics. Finding a new grievance every day to agitate voters. Now, follow me, folks. It's important. Yeah. This is what happened to Hillary. Again, the opening line of that quote from the, from the piece about why she lost. Her campaign manager believed that identity politics, demographic trends, and Trump's temperament, that's what they banked their entire campaign on. Mm-hmm. Why would you be so convinced that playing the masses, uh, oh, excuse me, pay, playing racial groups, minorities, and any other group, unions versus non-unions, not just race, against the GOP would work? Demographic trends, growing uh, population of Hispanic and black voters, And that Trump's temperament, that that was a winning strategy. Why would you believe that? Because as I've discussed repeatedly, the media owns the Iron Triangle. uh, Excuse me, the the, uh, Democrats rely on the Iron Triangle. They have the media, they have academia, and they have Hollywood. And when on your news coverage every day, you hear how the GOP doesn't like Hispanic voters, you hear how they, they, you know, they're, they're being so insensitive by controlling government spending. When Hollywood tells you the same thing in the NFL and then you learn it in school, you become convinced and you've been gaslit that what is in fact false is true. And what is in fact false in this case is that a growing number of people want greater government interference in their lives. And that fringe positions are wildly popular. You become convinced, Joe, that mm-hmm. kneeling for the national anthem is a popular thing to do when, in fact, you're booed at your own stadium, as is what happened with the Patriots this weekend, mm-hmm. as is obviously what's going on with the Ravens, even though they were in London, based on the feedback I got from Joe on the morning show at WCBM in Baltimore, where apparently people were losing their minds. Losing their minds, Daniel. Losing their minds. I mean, I know that market. I know that market well. I live there. I ran there for office. You become convinced. This is, this is where I was going with this. You become convinced that fringe positions, I've addressed this on Levin Show, filling in for those of you who heard it. Fringe positions are, in fact, mainstream. Hillary Clinton became convinced of that. Men in the women's room, crapping on the national anthem, increasing people's taxes, government control of health care. These are fringe nut job positions. 
Hillary's team was convinced this was a winner. Why would she not be? The media, Hollywood, culture, academia, they've all been telling her this. Mm-hmm. But the American people think for themselves. The NFL, ladies and gentlemen, is making the exact same mistake. They've become convinced by academics, by the liberal media, and by Hollywood support that mainstream working class Americans can't stand this country and that disrespecting the American flag was going to generate some kind of popular support. Why, folks, why else would they do? Why am I bringing this up, by the way? Because this weekend, I, uh, my wife and I talk a lot. We work from home, so we have a very unusual relationship. Not an unusual marriage, an unusual relationship in that we're together all the time. Yeah. I know. All the time. I mean, it, it, we're all day, which is works out good for us. We like our relationship now, how it works. But one of the things is we get to talk a lot about things a lot of working parents, you just don't have time for. You just don't. You got moms going back and forth to the soccer game. You know, dad's working, you know, 15 hours a day. You don't get to come home and, 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 and regurgitate the national politics of the day every single night. Sometimes you just want to go to sleep. Yeah. My wife and I get to do that. And my wife said to me in the car this weekend, we were going to church. And she's like, Dan. But she never calls me Dan. She's got nicknames for me. They're nice. Yeah. Don't worry. I'm and she's like, I'm not going to tell you what they are because you'll email me and make fun of me. But she says, we'll use Dan for this one. She says, well, I don't get it. Why are the owners allowing this? Because where we live in a rather diverse, middle class, working class community in Florida, people are disgusted by this. Yeah. So she doesn't get it. She's like, why are they doing, why are you destroying your business? Folks, I got articles from Breitbart in the show notes today at Bongino.com. Please join my email list, by the way. It's been exploding. I will send you these articles. You don't have to worry about going to any of these other websites. You go right there. I'll give you all the articles you need to know for the day. I have an article from Breitbart. 34% of people in a poll. We will not watch the NFL due to protests. Double-digit rating drops. You can see it yourself. Why are they destroying their business model? Because they bought into the Hillary Clinton narrative that men in the women's room and anti-Americanism are, in fact, majority positions when they are absolutely extreme left Looney Tunes positions. You know, folks, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is... this is. Yeah, I was hot about this all weekend. And I said yeah. to my wife, you know what? Joe and I do this for a living, man. Con- Joe really can't get away from it. Content production is what we do. I mean, he's at it in the right. morning, I, you know, with CBM. At least I get to do show prep and then come on for 45 minutes with you guys. Well. But it's, it's, it's depressing. And one of the things I thought about, and I brought this up on our Fox and Friends hit this morning, is, you know, it's amazing, Joe, how, mm. you know, World War II, when we had an existential global crisis, I mean, we, oh, fascists could have destroyed literally the entire planet. Mm-hmm. The Nazis were maniac, savage, animal killers, murderous savages with, with almost no parallel based on the level of, of, of casualties they inflicted on people and the Holocaust, their, their attempt to exterminate the Jew, the, I mean, Jews on a mass scale. There's no parallel in human history for the horror they inflicted on the world. You had young men and women, my grandfather included, 18 19, their 20s. You know, the last time they went over in that region of the world, granted, it wasn't uh, wasn't the UK, it was France. But the last time they took a trip over there, Joe, mm-hmm. they were invading foreign soil. And I thought about those guys on those boats, those shuttle boats mm-hmm. that we were being taken on shore oh. on Normandy Beach. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And the gates gallery. were dropped. Yeah. Shooting, it mowed down oh. by the thousands. 
people shot and killed, limbs being blown off to save the world from the horrors of fascism. Those guys, those ladies overseas, those guys overseas. Last time they went over to that region of the world, they went over there to save it. And now you have these disgraceful, whiny, bitchy, overpaid athletes making tens of millions of dollars a year, taking virtually the same trip just across the channel to London to play a game, to play a game, and you kneel in front of an international audience while our national anthem is being played? You should be embarrassed. You are a horrifying example of what a certain fraction of this country, or fraction and faction of this country, especially politically, have become. You disgust me. Mm. And I am, folks, I don't usually do this because you know I really, really, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I really dislike boycotts. I really do. They are economically stupid. They are long-term-wise, they are unfeasible. You should be buying products and using products that you feel appropriate for you that are going to add value to your life, not based on political positions. But remember this. We did not make this political. They did, Joe. I understand. We did not. The Baltimore Ravens made this political. We didn't make this political. Folks, a red line has been crossed now. We can't allow this. I'm asking you. As a, as a friend, I answer a lot of your emails. A lot of you know it. A lot of you email me. I've responded back. I try to respond back to as many as I can, even if it's with a quick thank you or thanks for listening. That's me. I do. I read your stuff. Mm-hmm. This show has grown by enormous numbers thanks to you. I am begging you as a friend. Tune it out. Please, God, tune it out. Well, I, and I'm, I'm do- not using his name in vain. I'm, I'm done, Dan. I'm done. I got a little message for the NFL and you guys that aren't standing for the, the flag. Um, if you think you're going to crap in my snack bowl and I'm going to watch your product, you got another thing coming because I'm not watching it again. You can take your product and stick it up your watch. <laughs> you can shove it right up your collective thank, thank caboose. Thank you, Dano. And thank I know you. you love the Ravens. I do, and, and I love hard. football, but I'm, I'm not going to watch that. It's just insulting. But I had a friend this weekend, Joe, just like you. He's a Sorry, working Dan. class guy. No, no, no. It's all right. He, uh, listen, this is, this is where this has got to go. He's a cop friend of mine. He loves the Giants. He listens to the show. All right. I'm not going to say his name or anything, but he's a very good friend of mine. This guy's a diehard Giants fan. He's had a tough time disconnecting with the Kaepernick thing. Mm. He texted me yesterday, and this is how I know the NFL crossed the Rubicon yesterday and broke a red line. And he's like, what do I do? I I can't. I just actually slipped at his name, so I had to delete that out. So if you hear a little hiccup, that's me. But I didn't want to say his name because he didn't give me permission. I would never doubt any of you, especially those who email me and say, please don't use my name. But my friend, I said to him, friend, you got to tune out. It's way past time. You are in a cultural war right now for the salvation of the Constitutional Republic. That is not hyperbolic. That is what it is. You have an extreme left uh, uh, portion of our society, a political activist group that wants you to believe that a fringe position that America sucks is widely held. If you don't fight back and absolutely crush the NFL and ratings right now, this will never stop. You're already seeing it. You're already seeing the sickness spread to baseball. It will never stop unless you stop it. The only way to stop a temper tantrum like what's happening right now is to completely ignore it. And you need to ignore them. I know it sucks, folks. I know I'll get some emails. Hey, I just want to watch football. I want to relax on Sunday. No, 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 no. Time out. You get in the fight. You got to get in the fight. I'm not going to sanction it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you 
Hey, life is tough. I know you need a break. It's okay. Folks, I did not watch the Super Bowl. Listen to my show from after the Super Bowl. You will hear the pain in my voice. I am not kidding. I have not missed the Super Bowl in 20 years. I missed this last one, and it sucked. You know what it feels like to be on a semi-national holiday when the Super Bowl's going on and be one of the only people in your neighborhood watching the Velocity Channel or HGTV? Mm. It sucks. Not only that, you go on social media and you're seeing people tweeting about what a great game it was. It sucked. But you need to get in the fight. It's over. Do you understand? It's over. They crapped in your Cheerios, as Joe said. Now they're asking you to eat it. How much are you going to take? It's time to tune out. Folks, remember where this started. Remember where this started. With a guy named Colin Kaepernick who decided it would be a good idea to wear socks where cops were depicted on those socks, depicted as pigs. That's where this started. You're going to let the NFL do this to you? I'm sorry, I'm, but your entertainment choices, uh, go, go do something else. I wish I gave you, I wish there was some easier advice to give you here. No, there's not. There is, this is the only choice. And for those of the, by the way, on the left, saying this is a free speech issue, please spare me your lectures on free speech as you try to burn down the Berkeley campus when Milo Yiannopoulos was speaking over there. Forgive me the free speech lectures as you try to throw a pie in the face of Ann Coulter as she's giving a speech on stage. Forgive me the free speech lectures, please. Well, as you as you attack violently a professor at a Charles Murray speech up in the Northeast, please. Amen, brother. I will take a big pass from you only. I I am as free speech absolutist as is Joe. I absolutely support free speech in yep. every circumstance and the free speech of Colin the loser Kaepernick, pig sock wearing Colin Kaepernick to do whatever he wants. But free speech does not include the ability to do what you want, when you want, wherever you want it, especially on the NFL's dime and in the NFL stadiums subsidized by taxpayers to the degree of almost a billion dollars. If my wife, well, remember, we're not talking about speech. If my wife went on her company's Facebook page, like Colin Kaepernick and these jokers in the NFL, went on an NFL stadium's actual turf, their property, and did what she did on their Facebook page, she would be fired tomorrow morning. Bam. You want to, free, you want to protest systemic oppression, police brutality, whatever your grievance politics are of the day? Go to your massive audience on Facebook, Kaepernick. I'm sure you've got millions of people on Twitter. And do it. I'm not going to celebrate it, but I certainly respect it. The right, not the message, but the right to do it. But free speech lectures from liberal clowns who try to burn down a college campus because they don't like the message? You can kiss my ass. You have zero credibility in that. I got about 50 death threats this week. I kid you not. Is that a sympathy plea? I really don't give a rat's ass about death threats on Facebook. The people sending me these death threats are a bunch of clowns. I have pictures of most of the stuff. But some of them, as by the way, one of them said to me, she suggests uh, that uh, one, of course, you're a racist. That always has to be thrown in there. And that she hopes that my daughter engages in a, uh, let's just say, a sexual activity with a, a, a black man, which... Uh, I, I, I find repulsive that you would call me a racist as while suggesting, by the way, that that somehow if my daughter were to choose later on to date someone who's black is offensive. Like you don't find that offensive. 
So I'm supposed to be, why would I be offended if my daughter's boyfriend, uh, now I'm not talking about the other sick, disgusting things they wrote, but I should be offended that my daughter dates someone at black. You're, you're suggesting that, but you don't see how that's racist. I mean, this is the, and, and they always, oh, there's free speech. You don't know what you're talking about. This is anti-Americanism. This is a fringe kook position that far leftists want the American public to believe is a widely held position, and the NFL has no balls here and will not take a stand on this. And you know, folks, I have one more thing on this. Judy Miller was on Fox this weekend who does some okay commentary. You know, she's got a nice resume. I'm sure she's a nice woman. It's certainly Mm -hmm. not personal. But uh, Judith Miller, she goes by, I guess. Uh, Judith Miller was on Fox this weekend, and she get, she had the appearance. They got into this. And I really, I, I was flabbergasted. I was sitting there uh, with uh, my father-in-law, who was a, a big Trump supporter. And we were watching this, and we were both looking at each other. I, Joe, I kid you not, in utter disbelief. She mm-hmm. managed in one 10-minute commentary hit on Fox News this weekend to blame Trump and in, 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 in insinuate that Trump was to blame for the North Korean crisis and the Trump is to blame for the NFL and to blame for the NFL problem as well. Hmm. And I'm like, are these are these people for real? Has Trump derangement syndrome set in so much that even you're starting to believe that? So we started this, or Trump and Trump supporters started this. Good for Trump for calling them out. Right. Trump's to blame for the little fat guy in North Korea, the psychopath. Folks, the nation's losing its collective mind. I'll leave it at this because I I, got to move on. I have a lot of stuff to get to. And my next story, by the way, ties into this to show you how ridiculous the grievance politics are here because they don't even know what they want. But you got to get in this fight. There's no more sidelines. There's no more sitting there. There's no more, oh, you know what? It'll all go away. There's no more my neighbor will take care of it. It's about you. One of the best quotes I ever heard is from my friend Ginny, uh, Ginny Thomas. She said to me, you know, one time, we're the leaders we've been waiting for. You're the leader you've been waiting for. Don't wait for someone else to clean this mess up. It's about you. You've got to get this done. Tune it out. Please. I'm asking you as a friend. All right. I got another story I want to get to. It kind of ties into this, but it's fascinating. I read it this weekend. It goes to show you again how grievance politics goes absolutely nowhere and liberals hurt people. Before I get to that, today's show brought to you by our friends at My Patriot Supply. Hey, I'm a big fan of this company. They've been, uh, they supply emergency products, emergency food, and they really reached out to me early in the, the hurricane uh, event here in, 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 uh, in Florida, Hurricane Irma, and said, how can we help? And I thought, you know, these, that's really noble, these guys. I just ordered some of their products myself. Folks, you need emergency food. You know, if you read the stories, what's going on in Puerto Rico right now, people are legitimately running out of food. There's no way to restock the shelves. They're running out of electricity. You got to be prepared, for, uh, prepared, folks. Have cell phone batteries. Have a charger for your cell phone. Have a battery backup. Have a generator. Have gas. But most importantly, You've got to have food and water. Please go ensure your food supply. They will get you a one-month supply of emergency food for just 99 bucks. That is a small price to pay to guarantee yourself access to food when everything breaks bad, which is happening right now. They're no longer horror stories, Joe. This is actually happening. Go to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. For $99, you get a one-month emergency supply of food. 
All you need is water to prepare it. It lasts for 25 years. Stick it in your closet. You have the security of knowing you have at least, at least 30 days of food to get you through an emergency. I just bought a couple of boxes. I bought their fruits and vegetables and I bought their meal supply. You can get breakfast. You can get a breakfast supply. Please go check it out. They have special offers. After you buy the first box at $99, they had all kinds of special offers afterwards, which I, 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 didn't, I wasn't aware of. I'll be honest with you. But I went and bought two boxes myself. Go check it out. Preparewithdan.com. All right. Now, Segwaying from this NFL story, it was interesting. I read in uh, it, 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 it was an article about some of the demands they had, these players who were making demands of the NFL. Like, these are the things we need to support, Joe. Mm-hmm. And it was fascinating because one of the things they claim they want, uh, they want done. Sorry, I'm just pulling this up here on my phone here. I keep right. uh, little snapshots from, from the news. One of the things they said, that one of their demands is they want bail reform. And their allegations, Joe, were that high bail. You know, when you commit a crime, you get bail. The judge says, oh, whatever, it'll be $100,000 bail, and then you can leave. That's the way the justice right. system works. If you don't provide the $100,000, then you, if, if that's the amount, in fact, you have to stay in jail. So what the, some of the players are saying, well, we need to get rid of this, this private bail system. And it's, it's fascinating because, again, the show we do facts and we do data, unlike these NFL knuckleheads who just kneel and have absolutely no follow-up at all. They're just looking to be angry at something. Walter Olson had a really great piece this weekend, which, again, I'll put in the show notes, uh, that was in the Wall Street Journal on bail reform. And one of the initiatives liberals are pushing now, Joe, is to scrap mo- monetary bail altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, get rid of private bail bonds, and basically you're going to ROR someone, release on their own recognizance, or you're going to keep them in jail. And the theory here is that, well, this this, this uh, disproportionately affects poor people and minorities, because if you don't have the money, then you stay in jail while the rich white folk get out. I mean, that's their framing of it, as is their framing of everything. It's always okay. a racial issue. So again, Joe, a, a, a more evidence this show never ends with examples of this, of liberals not actually not helping people, but actually hurting people. So- Some data from your home state and my formerly home state, Joe, Mm -hmm. has been released about Maryland's efforts at bail reform, where they scrapped bail uh, private bail bonds without an alternative. So basically, you either had to stay in jail or the judge would let you go. And the hope, Joe, was scrapping this cash you had to put up for bail would lead to judges to basically letting people out. Mm -hmm. Again, how that's going to benefit you know, the, the regular community has been victimized by a lot of these criminals. I'm not sure. But forgetting that for a second, again, the idea to be clear, Joe, was scrapping cash bail was going to benefit poor people who now would get out of jail who couldn't get out of jail in the past. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Mm. Not hard, right? So if you got to commit a crime and it's $100,000 bail, you don't have it. Now you get nothing. You go home. Right. Well, what happened? Okay, well, from the Frederick News Post, Kelsey Luce, who I know I used to interview her when uh, interview with her when I ran in Maryland. An early report in March in the Frederick News Post found that since October, when this change was made, where they scrapped bail, folks, the share of Maryland defendants held without bail, held in jail, meaning without bail, had increased from 10% to 14%. The Whoa. Washington Post later reported that from September to May, the figure had jumped from 7 to 15%. Now, don't let these facts get in the way, liberals, or NFL players kneeling of your, of your argument here that bail is disproportionately racist because that's all you have. What's, well, you may say, well, why is this happening? So remember, Joe, the idea mm-hmm. here was that scrapping bail was going to let more poor minorities out of jail. Who were being held because they didn't have the money, because it was a racist policy, right? Mm-hmm. But now more minorities are being held in jail, and other Maryland defendants as well, not just black or Hispanic defendants, by the way, are being held in jail than before. Well, what's happening? 
Well, what's happening is common sense. It's liberals ignoring incentives in the real world in favor of emotional arguments like this policy is racist. That's all they have. What's happening, Joe, is judges on these cases are now getting a little bit worried. This is the theory that if they let this person out and something is to go bad, say they let a rapist or a murderer out or an alleged one in these cases, because we're talking about pretrial, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Just to be fair. But if they let that person out who's alleged to have committed a crime and that person goes on to rape or kill someone else, the judge is like, hey, I don't want to be responsible for this. So what are they doing? They're scaling the risk up, not down. Again, we deal with the real world here, folks, on the show. We're conservatives. We're forced to deal with the world as it is, not as we not as we want it to be. Liberals deal with strictly with emotion and a utopian fantasy land where they can mix and, and match and, and mold and fold anything as they see fit. I don't have the luxury of doing that here. I have a responsibility to give you hard facts and hard data and the and, and, and how these things work in the real world. Not only that, by the way, the piece goes on. This is from the Wall Street Journal piece. Walter Olson be in the show notes. Meanwhile, Joe, fewer released defendants are showing up for trial. Oh, this is just terrific. He says, the Post confirming anecdotal reports writes that the failure to appear rate in January was 14.5%, up five points from October. Failing to show up for court sets up a defendant for more severe consequences down the road, which can include being held without bail. Now, so again, folks, just to be clear, liberals want you to believe bail is racist and that black people and minorities are spending more time in jail than they should have. What's actually happening is people who are released now without bail aren't showing up, and more people are being held in jail because judges are afraid of letting them go. Don't let that get in the way of your argument, NFL kids. Don't let it. Just keep on lobbying for your emotional stuff. Kneel, crap on the flag, bail reform, bail reform. What does that mean, NFL guys? What does that mean? It means the policy's racist. How's it racist? Black kids are being held in jail. Yeah, but when we reformed it in Maryland, where we actually have the data, more people are being held in jail. And the ones that aren't, aren't showing up for trial, setting themselves up for no bail later on when they return. Oh, ah, wow. Yeah, that's kind of inconvenient. How does that happen? Joe. Yeah. It's so easy. (laughs) It's so easy. It is. It's sad. It's so easy. They they never have any. They just make this stuff up as they go along. It's it's, it's easy and frustrating at the same time because you just want to believe eventually some liberal is just going to be honest and say, hey, okay, this bail reform thing is kind of a turkey. It's not working. Oh, boy. Yeah, that one's a a doozy. All right. I got a couple other things to get to. Before I get to that as well, have you signed up for CRTV yet? Hey, we had a great launch last week. I neglected to mention this on Friday's show. I'm very disappointed in myself. So for those of you binge listeners, it doesn't matter. You'll get it now. But we added another show, which is really terrific. Uh, Gavin McGinnis and Get Off My Lawn. That's the name of his show. Check it out. It's um, I I hate the term unique. Because it's it's one, it's supposed to the term unique is supposed to be unique and it's overused. But this is there's nothing <laughs> like this show. If you don't watch Gavin McGinnis, go to CRTV.com and just check it out. Just give it a look. Before you sign up, because I think you'll be happy with it. You'll get that show. Gavin McGinnis's new show, Get Off My Lawn. Get off my lawn. You'll get Mark Levin's show, Michelle Malkin's show, Steven Crowder's show, which I'll be on today, Steve Dace's show. You have a library of material. You get John Miller's coverage of the White House. You'll get our friend uh, Nate. He covers Capitol Hill over there. This is all great stuff for a fraction of what you're going to pay for cable. Use promo code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. 
and you'll get $10 off. It works out to be the cost of like a turkey sandwich per month, and you don't have to watch all this crap on cable television. Go check it out at CRTV. All right, I'm hesitant to where to go next, but hey, just quickly, because I don't want to beat this up. I promise you I wouldn't hammer you with my book, and I don't want to do that. But Paul Bedard is a great piece at Washington Secrets this morning, an email list I highly recommend, by the way, that I will put in the show notes. Uh, I'll send it to you. About He wrote a piece. I, he read my book and f- found one of the uh, pieces on the drone swarm attack really fascinating. Mm. And again, folks, this is something that scared me for a really long time. I don't know if I brought this up before, but these drones are a big problem. The fact that these drones can transport even small explosives, if you had to deal with a swarm of these things, you create a real problem here. And the reason you have a problem with this is, think about it, Joe, a, you can clear a ground-based attack, right? So let's yeah. say you're at a secure facility with the president and someone calls out an alarm or says, hey, we have a threat at uh, you know, at the corner of 46th and 6th. What happens? A couple agents, a couple uh, cops respond. They catch a guy, whatever, he's armed, they shut it down. They arrest him, they lock him up or regretfully they may have to engage Mm -hmm. but the problem with a drone attack is you can't clear it because why because you can't fly you can't jump up in the air and go oh don't worry it's just joey bag of donuts drone so a swarm of these things going to create a real problem and i cover the topic in my book in an effort you know i don't give up any security secrets but it's enough that you'll be like and i guess paul bedard read it was like wow this is a good point so uh check out that piece it's in the show notes today uh, as well all right a really, really important piece I saw uh, today from uh, Daniel uh, Greenfield at frontpagemag.com that will be in the show notes. Folks, this, this Trump-Russia thing, I, I, this thing is, is the Democrats are in a panic right now because the Trump-Russia thing is clearly, Joe, morphing now, not into a Trump-Russia thing, but into what Greenfield calls probably one of the, the biggest political scandal he has a quote. He says the left is sitting on one of the biggest political scandals of our time. And he re- in the you got to read the piece. It's a great piece. Mm-hmm. But he covers a couple things on this that are just absolutely genius. And I wanted to put out there because I'm telling you, the take my word for this, from some very good, reliable inside sources, the Democrats are in a panic about this because they know the political crime of the century was committed. Yeah, And they can't cover it up because Trump is in the White House and they thought Hillary would be there to make it go away. And that crime is spying on the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. The title of the piece conveniently is titled Why Trump Really Spied on Obama. I mean, Why Obama Really uh, Spied on Trump. Sorry, got it backwards there. But here's a couple of points he makes. And this is, this is interesting. He says it's a pattern that makes the crime. And the context reveals the motive. Now, let's unpack that for a minute, because as a former uh, you know, criminal investigator, he is absolutely right. When you're in a trial, falling back on, well, it was legal, well, it was legal, well, it was legal constantly is not going to be a viable defense, show mm. if what you've done legally fits a pattern of larger criminality. It, I, that was kind of complicated, but let me explain it to you in an example, an analogy you. that he uses, and it's a good one. If you're, say, a corrupt cop, right, mm-hmm. and you're out on the street and let's say you arrest someone for marijuana and on the way to the station house possession, whatever it may be, he says, listen, I'll give you 50 bucks to make this go away. You get in the station house and you, you, you're like, you're processing them and the, the desk sergeant or desk lieutenant in the NYPD, he says, hey, you, you got the evidence? He goes, oh. and you're looking around and you know the cop's like looking in his pockets or whatever and you go, hey. Lieutenant, I don't know what happened. I mm. lost the evidence. Lieutenant's like, dude, 
<laughs> dude, remember the dude thing? Dude, dude. Uh, d- dude. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, the lieutenant, and I lost it. Dude. Uh, well, listen, dude, we got to let the guy go. You let him go. And that happens, say, a month later. You arrest the guy for criminal possession of a weapon, NYPD. Get to the station house. Guy in the way there goes, listen, I'll give you $20,000 to make this go away. Cop takes the bribe, say. Cop gets into the station house. Lieutenant goes, hey, where's the gun? Man, I don't know what happened. He, I don't know. We must have lost it. Or uh, Gosh, I don't know what happened. Folks, There is. let's be crystal clear on this. There's nothing criminal about losing evidence. Sadly, it happens not often, but it happens enough. Mm-hmm. It's not the losing of evidence that's going to jail the cop. It's the pattern of behavior. And the context of it, the fact that money exchanged hands between the guy who had the gun, the guy with the weed, and the cop provides the motive. Financial gain. Why am I saying this? Because the Obama administration, uh, Samantha Powers, Susan Rice, and their liberal defenders, and I include the media in that, these hacks, their only defense to this, Joe, has been... Oh, well, unmasking is legal, and they're not wrong. (laughs) But, folks, the pattern is the crime. They have still not disclosed why they were monitoring both Manafort, and now it looks like Bannon as well. They used the pretext of Russia to get a FISA warrant to monitor Manafort, the campaign manager, and the pretext of this UAE meeting to monitor what happened with Bannon. So they used, and this is what Greenfield sums up uh, very elegantly, by the way, they use FISA warrants where they don't need probable cause. They just need evidence of, of, of you know, working for a foreign power, which looks like at this point they may have manufactured. Hmm. So they used FISA for access to Manafort and access to the Trump team and then unmasking for the names after they got the access to the conversations, folks. Now... You still think, oh, well, okay, maybe there was some there, there. Really? Let me just... So again, the pattern makes the crime, and the context creates the motive. Let me give you some timelines here to further arouse suspicion. And this is why the Obama administration is in a panic. And let me be clear, because sometimes I'm not clear. I I get a couple of complaints about my Medicaid thing on a show, and I'll, I'll address that in a second. But what I'm trying to make clear here is that in Greenfield's piece, he sums up that the downward spiral of criminal activity was a self-reinforcing circle. In other words, Joe, it was like gambling with the Obama administration. Mm-hmm. You know serial gamblers? They lose yeah. 100 bucks. They don't have it. They bet again, hoping to gain the 100 back. They lose 500. Then they're like, damn, now I got to double down and bet 1,000 to pay right. back the 500. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself owing $20,000. The pattern of criminality here with the Obama administration is potentially the same. They engaged it in some surveillance of the Trump team, thinking they were going to find a crime. As they failed to find a crime, they had to go to other targets, Bannon. As they failed to find a crime there, they had to double down with more FISA and more unmasking in the hopes of finding a crime. And Greenfield says you can't commit a crime to uncover a crime. They, and he's right. That is the fruits of the poisonous tree doctrine. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Obviously. Think about this timeline. The first FISA warrant, Joe, against the Trump team. Mm-hmm. to monitor them, it was a month after he won the GOP nod. Okay. The second FISA warrant in October, right before the election. 
And they multiplied after the election, trying to get information to bail themselves out because now they realize, Joe, that Trump won and was going to expose this. And they're get, and, and, and Greenfield is absolutely right. Their race against the Trump team now using Bob Mueller is to indict Trump before evidence of their crimes picks up. In other words, Joe, arrest mm-hmm. the bookie for, for, for illegal bookmaking before he has the chance to collect the money on the degenerate gambler who spent all his money. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. There is a race against time right now to indict Trump before evidence of the Obama administration's potential massive criminality is exposed. Folks, this is an incredibly troubling piece. I cannot encourage you in strong enough terms to read. Again, I'll be in the show notes or available over at Bongino.com there. Uh, one final thing is I wanted to address this. I got an email this week and he said, hey, the Medicaid thing you spoke about that Medicaid report last week, and you never explained why Medicaid was bad. I was talking about it in conjunction with Jimmy Kimmel, how Kimmel talks about the late night show, talks about Obamacare, and he starts with the pretext, Joe, that government help is in fact help. Mm -hmm. And when you start with that pretext, any cut in government spending, of course, is less help. Right. But that assumes, Joe, that you believe that in fact, government involvement in healthcare is helpful. And the point I was making is it's not. The research on Medicare, uh, Medicaid, excuse me, is terrible. That you would fare better after surgery. You would have a better chance of surviving if you had no insurance at all. That's just the data. And someone said to me, well, you never explained why that is. It's very simple, folks. I can sum it up for you in, in, in 20 seconds or less. When you have a third-party payer paying for your health care, in this case, the government, and you don't pay, there is no incentive to satisfy the customer. You're not paying. None. You're just not paying. That's just a simple fact. Also, there's no incentive to keep a cap on the cost either because you're not paying. It's not your cost. Remember what Milton Friedman said. When other people use other people's money to buy products for other people, in other words, the government, they take other people's money and buy stuff for other people, healthcare, whatever it may be, neither cost nor quality matter because it's not your product and it's not your money. That's why Medicaid, a third-party payer system, other people spending other people's money on other people's healthcare leads to really poor outcomes and worse outcomes than if you had no insurance at all because there's no incentive to maintain cost or quality. All right, folks, I really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for all the reviews on iTunes. We're up something like 524 reviews. We doubled them in the last month. I really appreciate that on the show. Give us a review if you see fit, and I really appreciate it. I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.